Welcome to the Brain Health Podcast, where we discuss cutting edge science to help you maximize your brain function while aiming to slow, stop, and even reverse symptoms of cognitive decline. I'm your host, Dr. Joni Yackel. What are the top changes that you can make in your life today to start protecting your brain, slowing down, preventing, and potentially even reversing cognitive decline, dementia, and Alzheimer's. Well, the top five lifestyle modifications or hacks, as you may say, are going to be managing stress, addressing diet, and specifically focusing on reducing blood sugar and removing food sensitivities, managing sleep or optimizing sleep, getting exercise, and number five is going to be removing alcohol from our diet. For some, that might not be a big deal. For others, that might be maybe a deal breaker, but the top five things that you can start today, and again, regardless of where you are on the spectrum of cognitive decline, maybe you you are just you seeking are to prevent. Maybe you feel great, decline. but you Maybe want to optimize. You, you would like to have to greater prevent. recall, Maybe memory, improve you your focus and concentration, you or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe you've received a diagnosis of some form of dementia or Alzheimer's. And, you know, if you're starting out and you're just trying to improve, well, maybe you don't have to be as aggressive. Maybe you just pick one of these five things and say, okay, I clearly have a weakness here. How can I maybe put more energy into that. It's like, all right, I'm already eating great. Um, I seem to be sleeping all right, but my stress is through the roof. Well, okay, well, so maybe we double down on stress. On the other hand, if you're at the end of the other end of the spectrum and you've already received a diagnosis or maybe someone in your family has received a diagnosis and you're already noticing that you're having some early signs, well, now we got to go in, all in. And we got to make as many of these changes as possible as soon as possible. So depending on what your goals are and where you're at in the process, well, that's going to determine how aggressive you are. But so again, the top five lifestyle modifications or hacks that you can implement starting right now today are going to be managing stress right now today. Dietary changes, so so focusing on on our food, specifically blood sugar and food sensitivities. Number three is going to be optimizing sleep. Number four is getting in some exercise, and number five, relieving alcohol. So let's let's jump into each one of these briefly, one at a time, starting with stress. So when when we're under stress, and I mean let's face it, we're all under some forms of stress with just all the responsibilities that we carry. Um, you know, throughout our lives, whether whether it's work and career or family and children um, you know, and parents, lives, or maybe, whether, maybe whether we're in school, career, uh, you know, we're dealing with deadlines, we've got appointments, we've got bills, we've got finances. I mean, the reality is, is that we live a very fast-paced, overwhelming life. And for most people, this results in us experiencing more stress. And when we experience stress, we're going to release cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. And when 
we experience the problem stress, is, is that, that when we have excessive amounts of cortisol running through our bloodstream for long periods of time, it will literally start degrading and breaking down and damaging our brain and our bodies for that matter. In fact, cortisol is one of the only hormones for which every cell in your body has a receptor. Every single cell in our body, we have over 100 trillion cells estimated, and every cell has a receptor, meaning it responds to a release in cortisol. And essentially, that just says how important it is and that when we are under stress, every cell in your body stops what it's doing and it changes its behavior going from a state of healing and repair into a state of survival. So whether we're talking about the brain or the gut or the muscles or your liver, doesn't matter. All of our tissues are going to respond to stress. And again, this is inherent, like we're doing this for our survival. But because of the lifestyles that we tend to live, we are living in chronic stress mode. So we're always under high levels of stress and therefore we always have high levels of cortisol. And over time, this is going to degrade, it's going to have a negative impact on our brain. So what do we do? Well, there's all kinds of things that we can be doing in our lives to help manage stress. Everything from minimizing, like reducing stressors in our life, but there's also things we can do to increase our body's stress resilience. So of course, adding in things like yoga and qigong and tai chi, those are fantastic. Maybe some of you have heard of yoga nidra, but you know, meditation, there are deep forms of relaxation, things we can do, even just focusing on our breath throughout the day. So again, it doesn't take necessarily hours of meditation. There are studies that have shown that even 10 minutes a day of bringing awareness to your breath, of just stopping, slowing down, bringing your awareness to your breath can have dramatic impact on your nervous system function and our stress and cortisol levels. Of course, exercising, which in itself is a pillar of brain health, can help reduce stress as well. So managing health. stress and, and you know, for, for some of us, this is a chemistry well. based thing so as well, where our nervous you know, systems, for, just for given our family histories, well, maybe we've experienced trauma in our lives, we get stuck in these heightened states of what we would call sympathetic dominance, but our body gets stuck in a state of stress. And when our body is stuck in stress, sometimes it can be really useful to work with a functional medicine practitioner and utilizing different herbs that are known known to help reduce cortisol levels, herbs such as uh, licorice and ashwagandha. These are considered brain adaptogens. There's there's a lot of different herbs that can be used, and as well as different vitamins and minerals. So when I have someone coming into my office and stress and anxiety is their number one issue, or maybe brain health is their number one issue, and we're finding that stress is a major player, we can put them on functional medicine, we can put them on protocols to help reduce their stress levels. So that's number one, addressing stress. Number two is going to be diet. And as I mentioned, there's two aspects here. One, we got to manage blood sugar. Two, we want to eliminate food sensitivity. So as it's been spelled out, we know that blood sugar, high levels of blood sugar, expedites. It speeds up the brain degeneration process. 
at it is a it absolute correlation to brain health blood sugar and in fact it is so much so that some experts have even gone so far to call fact, uh, diabetes alzheimer's type 3 because it has such a huge correlation between blood sugar because and brain health so we have to be managing blood sugar well how do we do this and this is about health. getting so on a low carbohydrate diet. This? And, you this know, one of my favorites, again, would be looking at maybe a whole 30 or a paleo diet and, of course, a ketogenic diet. And what I love about, say, a paleolithic diet is it's going to get us off and the most common food sensitivities, which is another factor when it comes to diet and brain health, because we know that eating food sensitivities is going to be another brain source or form of stress on our brain because it causes more inflammation. So food sensitivities equal increased inflammation, and when the brain is inflamed, it degenerates faster. So future podcast, let's talk about the top most faster. common so food sensitivities. But for now, let's talk simply about getting on a paleolithic diet is going to help reduce now, blood sugar levels while also bringing down food sensitivities. So number three is getting to our sleep. We now know that when we are not sleeping optimally, it plays an enormous impact on our brain health. In fact, when we sleep, our brain is known to do detoxification. It's removing all kinds of things that shouldn't be there. It's been shown that during sleep, our brain is capable of actually breaking down placking, which is associated with Alzheimer's and rebuilding neural networks. Lacking, this is when we is store things into from short-term memory to long-term memory. This all happens during our sleep. And it also, during our sleep, is when we get the greatest release of brain-building hormones, such as human growth hormone. So we are becoming more and more aware every day with, so with the new research and studies that more and more hormone depletion is a huge role in brain degeneration and we have to optimize our brain hormones and in order to do that we have to be getting optimal levels of sleep so again this is going to mean making sure you're committing to a minimum of probably seven to eight hours seven might even be on the low end used to be six to eight hours now they're saying eight to ten hours is more likely going to be better more beneficial for brain health. Hours so that means getting to bed earlier, ideally before 10, eight, 10 p.m. So at night, because again, early. we know that ideally after we pass certain areas of the night, past midnight, we're still up, we're actually impacting the degree to which our body can release these brain healing hormones. So optimal sleep times are about 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Some sleep hacks, we'll get into this much more in depth, but blackout curves no screen time for at least one to two hours before bed. Um, having red light on in the evening is going to help shut down the excessive brain function, that overthinking that occurs oftentimes in the evening. Drinking tea such as chamomile, those can all be very effective. And of course, if this is a problem area, if you've tried all these things and you're continuing to struggle, well, there are absolutely 
things that can be done through supplementation and herbs that can be used to help support the calming of the nervous system so we're more capable of falling asleep. And of course, we know exercise is going to help benefit from sleep and managing stress and not eating too late at night, We, you know, making sure we don't eat anything about two hours before bed. All of those can help us we get into deeper states of sleep. So all of those can help focusing on our sleep is plays a huge role in healing and repairing our brain and optimizing brain function. And of course, number four is going to be exercise. So this is moving our body clearly. Like this is the circulation component. We know that lack of circulation is going to increase the generation of brain. We're more prone to Alzheimer's and dementia. In fact, this might just be the most powerful thing that we can implement for our brain health is exercise. But we're not all the same. We all have to enter in different places. It doesn't mean you have to hit the gym for two hours a day in order to improve brain health. This might just mean a 10-minute at-home routine of some some sort of some kind of interval-type training. You can find things like Tabata. You type that in, Tabata, into a browser. Just do a search, and you'll you'll find all kinds of different exercises that you can implement. Walking is going to be incredibly helpful. Rowing is something that can be used for yoga, tai chi. So we talked about some of these things in association with stress reduction. And of course, yes, weight training is fantastic. And if you are already one of those who hits the gym and is getting you know high intensity interval training going, like increasing that heart rate, doing sprints, lifting weights, Interval training great, like but we all have to start rate, somewhere. Just start committing to maybe 10 great, minutes a day of moving your body. Somewhere. Hey, even jumping on a rebounder for 10 minutes a day is going to dramatically increase circulation. Hey, even jumping on now, a rebounder just a little note here for people who are already struggling now, with brain just fog a little note here and cognitive decline, jumping in and overdoing it could potentially make your symptoms worse. And this was absolutely true for me when I was first dealing with this. I found that when I was in my worst, for me, if I went to the gym and I were to lift weights, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start getting in shape. I could wipe myself out for a week or two, bringing on more fatigue and more brain fog. So the rule of thumb here is really just do what you're capable of doing. How much are you capable of actually taking on and just committing to taking little chunks, you know, 10 minutes, but adding in some exercise into your daily routine can go a huge distance when it comes to helping healing and repairing your brain and just optimizing overall function when it comes to and that brings us to number five repairing your brain very typically that it's it's a unpopular reality but the fact is is that this the most current studies coming out is showing that alcohol is nothing but a toxin and it is like pouring gasoline on the fire when it comes to brain inflammation so someone who's already struggling with brain fog lacking concentration and focus memory recall and especially if they're already into more progressive states of cognitive decline these folks absolutely 100 percent have to be avoiding alcohol at all costs. So that's it for today. Those are our top five. Managing stress, cleaning up the diet, optimizing sleep, adding in exercise, and removing alcohol.
optimizing sleep. Thanks for listening to the Brain Health Podcast. If you'd like more cutting-edge information on brain health, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, or simply head over to my website, thebrainhealthdoctor.com. If you love the show and want to support us, please leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.